0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Wednesday episode of the show uh guys it's thanksgiving tomorrow a lot of football great place to place bets is bet online it's the best place the number one spot for all your sports betting action make sure you check them out they have an updated website both on the desktop and on the mobile version more odds props and contests than ever before so if you want to place some bets on these thanksgiving game Go over to betonline.ag. Make sure you use our promo code Believe. It'll get you 50% welcome bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline is where the game starts. Kyle, what's up, man?
1: Hello, sir. Welcome back to the podcast. We missed you yesterday. You. Yeah.
0: I, I learned something yesterday, though. What's that? I learned that my father-in-law, who is a wonderful man, good, good man, big fan, He's one of those people that goes to sporting events and wears like a headset that has the radio play-by-play oh. on. The only you know time
1: these people, uh, the, only time, these people? The, the only time that's acceptable is at NASCAR races, right? If you want to listen to pit crews,
0: bro, my guy has been a season ticket holder for the Washington football team for like multiple decades.
1: Yeah, and he's Sitting always wearing the those stands. headsets
0: sitting in the stands with the radio headset on listening to the play by play while he's in attendance of the game. I haven't seen anybody like this in a long time. Lo and behold my father-in-law is one of these people.
1: How did you find this out? How well, did the, how did this happen to come
0: up? <laughs> Cuz we didn't go to a sporting event yesterday, right? Right, right. So we were outside and he had on he put on a pair of earmuffs. I'm like, wow, okay, this is – I haven't seen anybody wear earmuffs in a long time. And I just <laughs> – I casually made the comment to uh, my – well, my wife's cousin, his nephew. I said, I bet he's the kind of guy that goes to a sporting event and wears the the headphones on to listen to the radio play-by-play. Play. He goes, he is. He he does do that. Oh. He, like, he gave <laughs> me that, like, big vibe. I looked at him. I'm like, he's looking like somebody who wears headphones in the stands at a, at a game and goes by himself. And, and lo and behold, got to the bottom of it. And, and that's true. Well, do me a favor since we, we
1: obviously got to get into defensive rookies of the last five weeks since we did offensive rookies last week on the show. And it was a great time. And, and if you missed that, everybody go back and listen. Um, but tell him to drop me a, a link for where I can find a pair because I've, I've no shame. I've gone to stadiums before by myself and watched games and, Perhaps I'd like to try it and see maybe I like it, and maybe I can be one of those guys too. But I I would need to know what what kind of product would be worth my time if I was going to do it.
2: I will say I at home when watching Mets baseball, Joe, I with MLB TV, you can put the radio feed on with the with the video of the team. I will listen to the radio broadcast at home while watching the game visually. So, yeah,
0: Gary, Keith, Gary, Keith and uh, Ron are good.
2: Gary, Keith and Ron are great. They they are very good. But sometimes I need a little Howie Rose in my life. And so I listen to the radio broadcast. And so Mm. I will I will sync the radio to the to the TV. So I enjoy a good radio broadcast for sporting events.
0: All right. Sorry to uh, hijack the first few minutes here. I just, I've been thinking about that ever since yesterday afternoon. Glad you did. So, all right. So, you guys started this yesterday where we're kind of recapping the second half of the existing season that has happened. Yes. When it comes to rookie play, and we're talking defense today
1: that is correct that is, we that do is have... a proper summary of what's happened this week
2: offensive linemen are still outstanding um we mm. left them on the table because we knew that you would probably want to at least mention them um that's that's kind of your thing so i we those are still outstanding as well if you'd like to get to them at some point
0: okay so i wasn't aware that that was going to be part of what i was going to do but there are two so overarching it's... no i have two over overarching thoughts oh, that exist go, go. so, so Please, no, number one go ahead um Jalen Mayfield with the, with the Atlanta Falcons, uh, just complete disaster in his first game. He has very much stabilized and played a lot better. And so like good reminder, not to just like wash guys to the curb in week one of their rookie season when they're playing a different position, he's played a lot better. The other offensive lineman that I think over the last month of the season has really come into his own is Spencer Brown at right tackle for the bills. And when he's not been in the lineup because he has this COVID thing right now and he had a back injury, I mean, the team's just not the same. And so kind of a developmental guy out of northern Iowa. I didn't expect much from him in year one, like at all. And he's claimed that right tackle spot and really been a big presence to the Bills offensive line. So those are the two O-line storylines in my mind over the last uh, four or five weeks of the year.
1: Okay, so let's let's build off that. Um, I think it's worth mentioning Christian Derisold. Tackle yeah, the he's, Minnesota Vikings.
0: Good point. He's been yeah, very he's, good. In.
1: he's been very, very, very good. And he missed the first part of the season. And on his last four games, Darrisaw uh, is credited with two sacks allowed, uh, but only twelve total pressures uh, over two hundred sixty-eight snaps at left tackle. So that's that's a big get for Minnesota. And obviously, they're coming mm-hmm. off a big win this past weekend against Green Bay. The running game is so much of a, a piece of their identity as a team, and, and Darrisaw that addition might really help this team in the midst for kind of that playoff push where you're, you're looking at that seven seed and there's a couple teams floating around 500 that, that might be in that conversation. And there um, saw is, is a piece that I, I think is very much worth continuing to monitor and watch uh, the other one that I had since Joe selfishly mentioned a Buffalo bill. Selfishly um, NFL storyline. I am selfishly going to mention that. I don't know what, coaching Liam Eikenberg has gotten since he's gotten to Miami, uh, but they better undo all of it. <laughs>
0: oh, you took this somewhere I wasn't expecting.
1: <laughs> he's He's been what Jalen Mayfield was in week one. It's like the last three weeks. That's what he's been. And you, you're looking at his stance, and he used to – went back and looked at Notre Dame. I went back and looked at week one against the Patriots, and then I looked at this past week. And his two-point stance – has progressively gotten more and more and more and more and more narrow. And I don't know if it's – he's not a guy that has the longest of arms. I think he was just short of 32 and a half inches on the arm length. Um, I don't know if it's the reach. I don't know if it is struggling to handle the speed off the edge. He looks like he's framing them pretty well. But it looks like he is really narrowing his stance to try and maximize his drive back out of his stance to get set up and handle these speed rushers and he's just not landing punches and obviously the Dolphins have a rookie offensive line coach uh, amidst a lot of second and third and and first year players on their offensive line and they've given up 40 more pressures than the next closest team in the NFL to this point in time and Liam Eichenberg is trending in a very dangerous direction which I only mention because it's a surprise when you consider what he was in Notre Dame. He didn't give up a sack his final two years at Notre Dame.
0: Kind of a high floor guy. So
1: that's, and, and that is strange. The, the floor has bottomed out and, and I'd like to believe that it's, it's coaching related, but this might be somebody who is destined for a kick inside, which is complicated because both of the tackles that the dolphins mm-hmm. took in 2020, yeah. they kicked inside where Austin Jackson's playing left guard and Robert Hunt is playing right guard.
0: Well, and, I mean, playing next to Austin Jackson who's had his own struggles and learning Doesn't a new help. position, not ideal, right. For your rookie left tackle. So, right. So, all right. I guess we can now get to defense. Uh, no, one more Creed Humphrey, monster, stud, man. I mean, like you wouldn't, you couldn't even be mad if somebody picked him in the top ten, right? Like he's been that. Shut good. up, Joe.
1: <laughs> Shut up. Oh my God, no centers in the top ten, uh, but he's he's only been credited with four pressures allowed, jeez, uh, in the last five games, and okay. he is. Uh, his pro football focus grade over his last 359 snaps is an 89.6. Oh.
0: Yeah, that's that's, that's almost out a day of
1: ninety. A Jesus. Yeah, Stug. not math guys here on Draft Dudes. No, but, even though that's, that's almost a ninety, pretty close. So, all right, defensive <laughs> grades. I think we're ready for them. Yes.
0: All right, how do we do this? This is. Uh, I feel like I'm walking into a, an existing conversation. So,
1: you're not. Uh, I I I am looking obviously week seven through 11 Mm -hmm. um is there any rookie that you feel has any legitimate claim to rookie of the year over the last five weeks other than Micah Parsons
0: oh you you know you framed that in such a way I was like Micah Parsons this is easy and then you said except for Micah Parsons and I'm like oh yeah cool who has been a
1: freaking monster as a pass rusher just an absolute he's credited with six sacks over the last five weeks yeah, in four games
0: right he's been unbelievable i think the other guy is quitty pay with the colts um couple sacks in the last two games forced a fumble last week uh you could see him just kind of coming into his own and, and affecting the game and, and particularly as mm-hmm. a pass rusher and so you know you figure it was only a matter of time given his skill set and still kind of learning the position and Obviously, the Colts have been unbelievable when it comes to player development. And I think Quiddy Pays, just that next guy that's following in and playing at a high level. And if I had to say one other guy, it's Christian Barmore with the, uh, with the Patriots. You know, you think about the way he finished the 2020 season for Alabama and corrected a lot of the issues that we saw early on. And still kind of hard to get that out of your mind. You know, some of the irregularities in his tape early in the season. But he turned it on. And. He's turned it on for the Patriots as well. He's really impacting the game. Um, Terrific pass rusher, and I think that's really where he's showing up is is his ability to challenge the quarterback by getting pressure in the face, and I think he's really turned it on in addition to Quiddy Payne and, of course, Micah Parsons, who goes without saying.
1: So Parsons has 13 pressures uh, in the last five weeks, six sacks. Um, He has 21 – run stops?
0: <laughs> Oof.
1: Over the last That's 5 stupid, weeks. That's stupid, dude. 21 run stops. No no other rookie has He only played 10. 4
0: games. That's only 4 games.
1: Correct. Ooh. 21 run stops, six sacks in his last 4 games. Uh, okay. he's been targeted 12 times in coverage and given up 46 yards for 5.1 yards per reception and a passer rating against of 80.6.
0: Yeah, this is his This is his, right? Like <laughs>
1: He's king what an right unbelievable, now. like all-around resume that he has right now.
0: <laughs> and he's good for him, like playing a hybrid type role for that defense. And
1: right. And oh, by the way, he didn't play football last year. Right. But remember, guys,
2: there was that one play on national TV where he looked confused, and so that was it. That was the end of yeah.
1: of of him. Yeah, being where good. he was robot, actu- yeah, actually yeah, he executing a, a formal technique. To hunt up crossing patterns across the. Map.
2: That was it. His career ended there. He's not allowed
1: to be good after that.
0: Right. right. So uh, c- credit to Jalen Mayfield and um, Micah Parsons. Micah for Parsons, that. yeah, for overcoming <laughs> one one mo- one moment. If one you bad will. one bad moment. Yeah. Right. You're. And, one... and
1: Micah's wasn't even a bad moment. It was right. Just literally, <laughs> literally, exactly what your coach to do. Um, we would be remiss to not talk about Javon Holland. Uh, Javon Holland has played more snaps over the last five weeks than any other rookie in the NFL, uh, 335 fun Fun fact. Um, he has 10 pressures over that stretch of time. Uh, he has all in the Baltimore game. (laughs) (laughs) No, they weren't. Um, he has an interception, three passes defensed. And what's really impressive about Javon is, you know, they, they've kind of slow played onboarding him into the role that he's in now. Uh, But his snap counts, 53 snaps on the defensive line, 40 as a stack linebacker, 215 as a free safety, 16 in the slot, and 11 as a perimeter corner over the last five weeks. So he is now graduated to playing absolutely everywhere. And he, for the season, obviously this is a look at the last five weeks, he for the season has more – pressures than any other safety in the NFL
0: how do you so Kyle how do you feel whenever you marry everything you just said with how much we know coach Flores will put on their plate and like how he's had to really reduce the role of a lot of young players that have come through but Javon Holland is like limitless right in terms of what he's been able to do and what he's been tasked with I mean I think that probably makes it even more impressive
1: yeah, and it it really has felt like the key for Miami's defense over the last five weeks. They're averaging, I think, 20 points allowed. And their first six weeks, they were averaging like 33 points allowed. Um, so they, they've gotten much more complex as an entire defense, and it really feels like Javon Holland's ability to handle all of these assignments and understand the calls and the coverages and make those calls. He refers to uh, your Mike linebacker, your center, your free safety and your quarterback as signal caller positions and and Javon being in that role as a true signal caller it feels like his graduation into okay here's the full playbook we're going to go do it Uh, Mm -hmm. and their trust in him to do that has really brought back that 2020 version of Miami's defense over the last five weeks.
0: As everybody expected it's just a matter of getting McCourty out of the lineup, you know a veteran like that getting Holland in and he, can, he could take off, right? So, Right. Good to see him. He's fun to watch. Um, how about Cam Bynum with the uh, Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, I, it's probably like the the condensed version of what we've seen Javon Holland do. Um, he's getting a chance to pressure a little bit. He's got a sack. He's playing in the slot. He's playing in the deep post. He's playing in the box. Uh, he's over the last, I guess, week seven through 11, right, It's he's played – 167 snaps he's been targeted five times in coverage given up four catches I mean for 24 yards he's got an interception pass breakup passer rating against his coverage of 47 and so it's it feels like this has very quietly been one of the emerging rookies in the NFL that's not getting a lot of buzz right now but Cam Bynum man like I don't think anybody had much in terms of expectations for him this year but he's right. come in he's got- and, and solidified a spot there I mean he's a fourth round pick
1: build as a kind of high floor, low ceiling, modest athlete, super intelligent yeah. player, obviously played a cow. Mike Zimmer gets his hand on it feels like one of these guys a year. Right. Yeah. comes in and <laughs> gets a DB and makes the absolute most of them. And this year's edition of that is Cam Bynum. But uh, Joe, if I asked you who had the most passes defensed amongst rookies in the last five weeks, do you know who the answer is?
0: I, I would guess Greg Newsom. Is that I, I'm pretty sure about it too. Is that right? It is Greg Newsom. Yeah, he has I know five he had a PBUs. A bunch.
1: Yeah. Yep. So he's five PBUs and a passer rating against him of 84.7 over the last five weeks. He's been targeted 28 times. Uh, 16 receptions allowed in that stretch uh, with a long of 50, but no t- uh, touchdowns credited against him in coverage over this stretch in time.
0: Chris, what's up, dude? You uh, you uh, getting excited for what's going to happen next week? Oh, SEC uh, championship?
2: Are what? you talking about December
1: 4th? December SEC championship? 4th?
0: Wow. Yeah going to be a great time what could be possibly better than guys being dudes on the road the draft network and Bud Light Seltzer are bringing the party to the SEC championship game in Atlanta Georgia on December 4th we want to see you there the draft dudes that's us the TDN team we will all be hanging out playing games giving away swag and enjoying several Bud Light Seltzers right across the street from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in the CSX lot ahead of Georgia versus Alabama for the SEC title Come on out and join us for an afternoon full of fun and football with the Draft Network and Bud Light Seltzer in Atlanta. Did you have any thoughts about uh, – your? do you want to get something in about the college football playoff rankings and your Bearcats being – Let's go. Bro, Mid-Major sitting Chris there.
2: is so excited on a th- on a Wednesday, Cincinnati in the top four, where they belong, I've... where they've always belonged.
0: Dude, I would have bet a lot that Michigan was going to be four.
2: So I will tell you, in real time, I was out uh, with some family, and they were doing the reveal, and I turned to them, and I said, they're going to put Michigan four. They're just going to yeah. do it. They're, they're just going to – just." and then I thought, okay, now that they put Cincinnati four, I want to see if they really test me and put, and put Notre Dame five, because if they put Notre Dame right behind Cincinnati, that would that would be them setting it up to flip them later on if, if Notre Dame runs the table. But they did not do that. They actually, it, I, I don't have a lot of complaints this week about the committee. Cincinnati in there, Alabama and Ohio State flip-flopped. The committee, the, the, no complaints this week. The comments from Gary Barter afterwards, once again, just don't read them because they're just going to make you more confused. But Cincinnati being in, I'm a, I'm a happy man here on a Wednesday.
1: Chris, so how, mentally pre- how mentally prepared are you for Michigan to beat Ohio State, win the Big Ten championship, yep. and then put Ohio State in over undefeated Cincinnati as a two-loss Power Five team?
2: Oh, I'm very prepared for that. Also very prepared for if everything holds the way that it does and Oklahoma State runs the table, they will be put in over Cincinnati. I'm very prepared for that as well. Wow. I'm prepared for it all.
0: That's crazy to me. All right, so Ohio State's beating Michigan, right? Like that's happening. Nobody in the world thinks –
2: until Harbaugh beats Michigan, right. beats, beats Ohio State, I don't believe that he'll Especially it. with yeah. the
0: way the Buckeyes are playing right now. Right. So, yeah. so short of that happening, short of Michigan actually beating Ohio State and then actually winning the Big Ten Championship game, Cincinnati's in, right? Like that's the only course. Nope. How do you do it? How do you bump them out? You I'm, put them I'm in.
2: Te- I'm telling you, I, I still think that the committee is setting up for at the end of the season for their, them to be like, no, the body of work's not there. Or we're, we're leaving them out.
0: Man, look
2: what they did to smu they They just they they wiped the floor 66
0: passing yards bro for tanner mordecai who throws for 400 every week
2: you know you i think you talked about that on an episode that uh, that got released that didn't have that audio in there because of some technical difficulties earlier (laughs) in the week because i remember hearing that uh before your mic cut out but yes uh, good good week for cincinnati defensively
1: joe's mic was perfectly fine it was our dear friends at zoom who cut yeah, out. And just it's, it's decided Shui's to He's doubling down
0: together. multiple times. He's texting me yesterday. He's like, "Oh, what the hell happened to your mic? I'm like, well, I don't think <laughs> anything. I even Wait said to you. I said it didn't have anything to do with my wife. My my, my mic. So,
2: wait a minute. So, very quickly, I just want to tell this story before we, we get out of here. So, Kyle sends me the audio because I was driving on Monday. And he goes, good luck, Chris. And that's when I know, okay, this is not going to be fun. So, I hear it. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, what happened to everybody's microphone? And then Joe, while I'm editing it, just nonchalantly, because this is Joe and I's thing now, he'll update me on his golf game. He'll let me know, hey, play this played this course. This was, this was what I shot. This many putts he and I talk about, you know, if you two-putt every hole, you're going to have a good time. So then I'm thinking to myself, I'm editing audio that I can't use, that has (laughs) microphones that are just cutting in and out, and you're texting me about your golf game? And then he he was like, we were in the bunker. I'm like, well, hopefully your game in the bunker was better than the microphone audio that you sent me today. And then Joe was like, wasn't the microphone audio, it was Zoom. So yeah, thanks to our
0: friends in Zoom. I think you doubled Uh, down. You tried to put my microphone on blast right here on the podcast. It's doing fine. To be fair,
1: Joe, your microphone and Chris have had Quite the rivalry um, (laughs) over the course of the past few months with the random cracking and Chris finally troubleshooting. And I think he FaceTimed you and realized there was a setting that needed to be changed. And so I'm not surprised that Chris is harboring ill will towards your microphone.
0: Do you think I changed those settings, Chris? No, I don't think you did at all. Have we had any crackling?
1: (laughs) We had a little bit (laughs) earlier, but it has not been (laughs) particularly bad today. Uh, Listen, that is going to do it for today's episode of the draft dudes podcast quick shout out uh, to trevon morig since we're talking about really good safeties and really good rookies in the nfl He's had a very good last couple of weeks as well uh, we hope you guys enjoyed kind of the macro big picture second half of the season that has been played look at the 2021 rookie class we hope to see you again we, we we're off tomorrow is that correct i don't want to no to Thanksgiving. Here. We are back on Friday. Friday. So happy Thanksgiving. We are thankful for all of you who listen to the show. We are thankful for our friends at that online. We are thankful for the sec championship and our friends at Bud light for the opportunity to tailgate that. So make sure you plan accordingly and you can follow along for the party by hitting subscribe here on draft dudes, Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino and Chris Schubert. Thanks as always for checking out the draft dudes podcast.